0: The hard shoulder on
1: News Talk
0: with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at nissan.ie.
1: And I'm delighted to say, joining me for the Thursday interview this week, Olympic silver medalist and CEO of Sport Ireland, John Tracy. John, you're welcome to the show. It's good to talk to you.
0: Nice to talk to you, Karen.
1: Um, uh, 71 days I was just uh, checking the calendar there until uh, Tokyo 2020 which seems a strange thing to say are you looking forward to it?
0: Yeah it, it's 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 something to look forward to uh, especially for our athletes obviously and uh, you know to have the Olympics put off by a year is very difficult for them but they've all been resilient getting out the training uh, disruptive preparation uh, in terms of competitions and uh, no real lead in in terms of uh, kind of hot competitions leading into it so it's going to be very difficult for them but yeah look everyone is, is in the same boat and uh, thankfully our athletes will be vaccinated uh, uh, before they get there and uh, I know our Olympic Federation will put the best uh, mechanism in place to uh, to protect the athletes as well as will the IOC so look there's a lot to look forward to over the summer months and a lot of different sports doing well and so look fingers crossed they'll all go well for them and they I suppose what they're all striving to is to get out there that performance on a given day. Yeah, uh, that's really hard to do. But look, it, it's it's just the best to look to them. But a lot to look forward to.
1: Yeah, lots to look forward to. Will you get to go to
0: it? No, no. Um, where, uh, there's uh, obviously uh, the country is is not travelling. Uh, the Olympic officials uh, will go, obviously, as they need to go, uh, as will the athletes and support staff. And uh, not this time, uh, as it should be minimum, people going uh, to these Olympic Games. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll watch from home like everyone else.
1: All right. When you watch these types of events, John, do, do you still watch it as an athlete? Like, I mean, particularly when you're watching, you know, the 510, the, the the marathon. Are you judging it uh, by how you might run it?
0: Uh, I, I suppose uh, track and field is a bit different to all the other sports but I, I really do get nervous watching some of our athletes perform. And I really wanted to do, to do well and, and uh, reach their own expectations of what, what's expected for them. But, you know, it's, 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 it is, it is fun watching them and i watching, watching performances. And when people celebrate when they get the performance that they want, but it's, it's not just track and field. It's all the other sports as well. Yeah. And, You know, certainly like uh, we've had great success in different sports, whether it be rowing or boxing or whatever, the equestrian sports. It's fabulous that our, our, our sports people can go out and compete against the best in the world. And, and bring home medals and it, it, it's it's fantastic that that's been achieved down, down through the last number of years
1: Yeah and listen wouldn't it be fabulous to see the tricolour and, and hear the National Anthem in Tokyo as well even yeah, if there are very few people there to celebrate it Listen we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your own performance at that level in a few minutes but we might go back in time a little bit first and Villiers Town where you're from in, in, in County Waterford would be West Waterford I suppose sporting wise football country traditionally
0: would it be? Oh Gaelic football. Yeah, true and true. Uh, And um, like, that's what we did when we were growing up Uh, in primary school. We all kicked football. We all played a little bit of hurling, We kicked the soccer ball around the place. And uh, growing up in Vigostown, you were you were very fit because you were running around all day. And that's just the way it was. Uh, And all kind of very informal sport done on the streets. And that's how we grew up. And what uh, a lovely place to grow up, and uh, lovely quiet place, and uh, certainly somewhere that I that I like to go now. I haven't gone for since last summer, so yeah. I'm looking forward to breaking out myself in 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 hopefully in June and getting down there.
1: I mean, at what point when you were running around playing football and soccer and and everything else, did you realize actually the running around bit is what I'm good at? It,
0: it's it's yeah. It, it, when I was in secondary school, my brother was in Ring and gone to school there. And uh, uh, he joined the, the athletic club, and I kind of hung around with them and, and joined it at the time as well. And uh, we had a, a club called Saint Nicholas AC, uh, and uh, led by Father Michael Enright, who was a, a curate in Ring at the time. And uh, and uh, we started running. And you know what? Right after three or four races i realized yeah this is something that i was good at and even at that stage um even at that stage the further the race went the better i became so it was apparent apparent very early that yeah i was i was built for distance and uh we had great fun in those years and and we had a pleasure we had a number of of athletes uh tony ryan jerry Deegan, uh ray my brother uh that kind of grew together Mm. in terms of the sport and we all brought in Brought on each other, and then other people came into it, like the Brendan Quinns of this world and uh, and uh, Tom Aspel. So we, you know, so we we kind of came along together and raised the standard for each other. And, uh, but I'm
1: yeah. sorry, I was just going to ask. I mean, like, did did Father Enright and others as well realize, hold on, John within this group is a, a particularly talent and a talent to be nurtured. And and if so, what did nurturing a talent look like? In, 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 those in, in those days compared to now
0: yeah a, a lot different um uh, i think there was a recognition that we we could run and um uh i i suppose i was very fortunate i i had ray my brother who was a bit older than i loved the sport as well and read devotedly to coaching and really what, what was done in those days we were fed loads of books to read up in terms of how you train and and that's what we did. and uh, so by the time we were getting out of secondary school, we kind of had a very good understanding in terms of how to train ourselves because we learned it. And what you do is you you buy the books, you read the books, you understand the principles mm. and the fundamentals. And actually, that's what, what we did because the club was about thirty miles away from Bridgetown, so we had to learn. And uh, but that's and, and then we were we were communicating with, with with a man called Tom Riley who was in Liverpool and he was an exercise physiologist and he was giving us some of those early training sessions as yeah. well during those years. So it was kind of a, a way We were self-taught to a lot, large degree, but we got loads of help along the way and loads of advice as well.
1: And what did those early training sessions look like?
0: They were done in a field in in down in um, down in um, in Virustown. Uh We call it Pat Duffy's field, right? And uh, they were done in those fields uh, for a long period of time. And you might be doing Two minutes or three minutes, or, or you'd mark out four hundred metres and you'd you'd run those, and that was you know you kind of it was unscientific, but and it wasn't very glamorous, but that's what you did and you ran as hard as you could and then you you knew you had to recover a little bit so you took your your minutes recovery or whatever and then you went at it again so. We we, we we applied the principles mm. in, in the field in Virustown that we actually read in the books.
1: And I suppose that there's lots of people out there who maybe can win the race in their own version of Pat Duffy's field. At what point did you realise, God, no, I have an actual special talent for this. I mean, I, I, can, I can win races on the national scene and possibly on an international scene.
0: Well, I think the big breakthrough came for myself it was about 1974. I went to the World Junior Cross Country Championships and uh, to my own surprise I was I I came came out of that finishing third so really that was my kind of big breakthrough and uh, so after that uh, the phone never stopped ringing in terms of American colleges trying to go to get you to go to their college and that kind of that transformed a lot of things because that was kind of I had done it on the international stage I was doing it home domestically and and running races at home and winning races. But that kind of put you on the world stage. And that was a big that was a big turning point.
1: And how did you find that experience? The States,
0: the States was a remarkable experience. And I loved every second of it. Really did. I embraced it. And uh, the big piece around the States was you had uh, about 20 other people that were striving to be the best as well. And you were in that environment training with them. And that, that's a big piece when you're involved in distance running, you have people to train with, and uh, you, you have teammates. And we were in a team as well, running cross country championships and all that, and winning and winning the championships. And like it was a kind of a slow burn because I kind of I didn't advance really in terms of my running the first year because it was a big change in lifestyle. Uh, but by the time I was there three years, I was beginning to be, beginning to come on, and by the time I was my fourth year in college, in, uh, and as they would call it in America, senior year. That was really when I kind of emerged, and uh, uh, when I was second in the NCAA's cross country, won won the indoor title at three miles, and uh, that year, then I uh, also a couple of weeks later, I won the World Cross Country Championship in Glasgow. So that was that was. But I, I suppose the big piece around that was the training that that you did, the consistency of training. Yeah. And the hard work and you build up the miles slowly. And l- like we approach this as student athletes, uh, you studied hard, you got good grades, but you did everything else resolved around running. And uh, that's all we focused on really and truly. And that was to be all the end all. And that was just just the way yeah. we taught. Yeah.
1: I, I, if you're just tuning into the hard shoulder, John Tracy is my guest this week for the Thursday interview post that world cross country title in 1978. I look, the, the Olympics then uh, is around the corner. You're well into an Olympic cycle for, for, for Moscow in 1980. And I want to ask you, before we talk about the experience about running the 10,000 metres because the late, great Jerry Kiernan I always thought was a great man mm. to to encourage people to run longer distances. If someone was running four, he always thought they should run eight. If they were running eight, yeah. they should run 15s. I, I I read somewhere that you maybe regretted running long distances so early in your career.
0: Yeah, the prob- a little bit. I probably underestimated myself for 5,000 metres. Uh, and uh, I kind of graduated with up to the 10k. Probably because I won the world cross country titles, you know, uh, and that was twelve k. Uh, but I could shift as well. Uh, well, I wouldn't have a fabulous sprint finish. I could still move, and um, uh, probably did a little bit. But you know, if you were to look at the stats in terms of what my cross country running, you'd say, yeah, ten thousand meters was where where I should have been. But I probably went there a little bit too early. Uh, and I w- obviously I was fourth in the European championships at 5,000 meters, uh, in 1978, having had a, a poor 10,000 meters mm. and that and was coming off an injury. And I, so I didn't have the base for the 10,000 meters, but I still could run a good 5,000 meters. And, uh, uh, and then of course, when I went to Moscow, I had that dreadful, uh, uh experience and it was a dreadful experience in that 10,000 meters in in over 90 degrees Fahrenheit temperature. And uh, I didn't finish that race. And, that, and yeah. I, just, I just, you know, like that stuff. That, that was the first time I ever failed to finish a race. So you go to the most important race of your life and you fail to finish it. That was hard to stomach, I have to say.
1: Yeah. Well, did psychologically, how much of a setback was that? Uh,
0: psychologically, I think it, it. I think there was two pieces to it psychologically. I think psychologically, I came off that track like when I when I recovered. I was determined to go back out and run that 5,000 meters because what I was saying to myself was this, uh, I hadn't, I was much better than not finishing a race at the, at, the, at your first Olympic games. And, uh, then you, I got through the heats, got through the semi-final, and then got into the final and was seventh in the 5,000 meters. So for me, that was a kind of a, a major kind of shift in terms of like, I overcome, I had overcome a kind of major setback within a week. I was back, uh, finishing seventh in the olympic five yeah. so that was that was really good psychologically but i i think probably if you look back on my career i never really put a great ten thousand meters after together after that i ran some fabulous five thousand meters but i never really put a great ten thousand meters uh back as so i think i think probably long term it did it did it did it did affect me in, in some way uh,
1: the, it's the olympics like it's such a funny beast because the nature of athletics and support for athletics in this country is that most people tune in for the Olympics and, and to a smaller degree at the Worlds as well every yeah. couple of years. But, you know, failure at the Olympics then, everything you've achieved in the years in between can kind of get written off to a large degree in, in, in the public's eye. You're failing in the full glare of the national spotlight.
0: You are, yeah. You are. And, uh, yeah, you are. And uh, as we say, you're only as good as your last race yeah. or your next or whichever you want to say, and you know that's 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 the way the public is. But that's the and mo-
1: most of the public aren't watching diamond leagues or whatever it happens to be yeah. or bislet games. They're they're just watching Moscow.
0: That's right, that's right, and or wherever Crystal Palace or whatever you're yeah. watching. But it's it it is it is it is a bit like that, all right. And and I suppose uh, the Olympic sports are are you get one shot at an Olympic games every four years, you know. And and that was the point I was making at the start you have to peak any given day every four years to get an Olympic medal. And that's extremely difficult to do, right?
1: Uh, yeah. And obviously you managed it four years later in Los yeah. Angeles. I mean, going into that Games, did you know you were going to be in contention? You you, you would have felt probably going into Moscow, you, you you might have been in contention. I mean, were there still nerves? Was there still a voice in your head that said, hold on, remember you were confident four years ago as well? Or Or had you silenced that?
0: You know, no, that, the Moscow was at this a, a distant pa- okay. past, but I like I was really in, sp- in, sp- in really spectacular form going into Moscow. And I, I kind of proved that a couple of weeks later, breaking the national record for 10,000 meters and and uh, having a, a victory in the 5000 meters against st- Steve over Crystal Palace. So I was in great shape, but I went into Los Angeles um, with uh, training for the marathon. For, for the last number of months quietly uh, on, you know, and, and getting support from a lot of people that were training with me at the time. Uh, but hey John, when, the you quietly, it, was, I, when you say quietly, was it when you say
1: quietly, was it kind of on the QT?
0: It was quietly on the QT, not raising any ex- great expectations and, and just doing it quietly and getting on with it. And um, and then I came back to Ireland and I, I broke the 5000 metre record for, at the national record in the national championships. I uh, know in 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 business Games, in fact, sorry, the Bislett Games in in 1984, and that kind of said, okay, you better run the 10,000 meters, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and then I I was got through the heats this time and finished ninth in the 10,000 meters, and again it was the kind of history repeating itself. It was the psychological pieces. Jay, you didn't go off four years training and come back with ninth in the Olympic Games. You better go try again, <laughs> and that was a kind of a mindset. The marathon. Uh, when I lined up for the marathon, that was the mindset with metal or nothing. But the, the other aspect in terms of the learning from Moscow was I had really, really prepared very well for the heat this time around. And I trained in warm weather. Rhode Island was very hot and I trained there five o'clock in the afternoon. I used to go for my runs uh, in Moscow. I didn't have any of that. It was suddenly into the heat and we were I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't have the research done. I didn't know what to do, mm. didn't know about nothing about hydration. But this time around, I knew I so we learned an awful lot from 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 Moscow.
1: We we played a little bit of Jimmy McGee's commentary earlier, and those images of, of you in the stadium, you know, crossing the line for a silver medal—they're they're, just—they're burned into the public consciousness. Anyone who's into sport in Ireland will know them. But from your point of view, what was your experience of, of that race, particularly the, the the closing laps of that race? Uh,
0: well, I I suppose for the first half of the race it was very comfortable because i was used to running races at a much quicker pace yeah right Uh, so it was very comfortable but i knew the race was going to start around 20k and then it did speed up sped up very substantially but we we kept dropping people we kept dropping people and that was kind of an encouragement and when lopez made his move with about 5k to go i was right beside him and i couldn't go with him so i knew i had to leave him go and then it was Charlie and myself and the only thing I could think about over the last 5k was beating Charlie uh Charlie Spelling that is and so you're thinking about the finish line you're thinking about how you're going to beat Charlie and I kind of opened up a little bit of the gap before I came into the stadium but he caught me again on the on the downhill into the stadium so the last thing in the world I wanted to do was have a battle in the stadium but that's what I did and that's what I had to do so yeah look we got around and we got ahead of him and uh I covered the last lap in 67 seconds and uh, yeah, it was a fabulous A fabulous moment in my life and a fabulous moment in my running career.
1: Uh, And a fabulous moment in a lot of people's lives. Listen to this text that's just come in. I'll never forget John winning that silver. I was quite young and I tried to stay awake to watch the marathon, but I fell asleep. I woke up with five miles left. Imagine my excitement for the last mile. I just kept (laughs) roaring. Come on, Johnny Tracy. Followed by a huge shout. I woke the whole house and some of the neighbours. They all forgave me, though, and they realised what had happened. What a legend, John. And thank you for the beautiful memory. John, listen, uh, thank you. There's about 20 other things I wanted to talk to you about. Out, but uh, unfortunately we don't have time you'll have to come back again sometime soon and chat to us maybe closer to the Olympic Games uh, okay. a, a pleasure John and thanks for the time
0: and nice to see you nice to talk to you Karen take
1: yeah, care yeah, th- take care John Tracy their Olympic silver medalist CEO of Sport Ireland